Yes, that is the sound of It's a Religion kicking off the 2023 season. Welcome. Thank you for stopping by. This is Ehud, son of Dennis, coming to you live from the Middle West of the divided states of America and to the Republic for which they stand. Two nations under God, quite divided with liberty and justice for some. And might be three nations soon. You might have the Democrats, Republicans, and a third party. I just saw a hint at that from Mr. Trump this morning. That could be an interesting development. I, You know, that's the one thing I would think the Republicans, the rhinos, would, who want to be part of the Uniparty in Washington, especially in Washington, D.C., um, and those out here in the heartland who live in big cities and want to destroy America with their policies and uh, anti-God um, configurations of things. Um, you know, it it's... It's going to be an interesting year um, to see what happens with Congress at the national level. It it gets too much focus. That you know, that's the thing that really gets to me when I think about things. Um, you know, really, our government was set up with the idea that that the localities are the ones that should have the most say in what goes on in terms of government. And the states and the federal governments were the ones that were, shouldn't even really ever know they exist. And the fact that the federal government's gotten to a point where we have to hear about it every day uh, is not something our founding fathers really uh, wanted, I don't think. I think there were some that, that liked a strong federal government or central government because they'd lived under a king for their whole existence. And so... A lot of them really still thought that was the way that they should go. Um, you know, and in reality, those of us who put our faith and trust in Christ, we do live under a king. And ultimately, that is where we're going. That is our home. That is our uh, kingdom that we live in. And so, um, you know, for us, it is kind of that way. But in this life, we have to deal with this situation uh, that we've been presented with, which is to share the gospel of Christ within the structure that we've been given in terms of government and country and community. And uh, our country is becoming uh, more and more, uh, you know, through our media and institutions at least, more and more uh, anti-Christian or anti, um, I don't know, it hasn't become out and out uh, hateful towards Christians yet. I mean, some circles are, but I think those are still fairly extreme. And that will grow, I imagine, with time. Um, and some of these younger generations coming into power. But it's it's okay, right? Jesus knows all this, and he is on the throne. He is the one that is alive of all the religions on the earth, including its... Or, including evolution again we hear it as a religion call evolution for what it is it's it's a religion that's what the title of this show is really all about talking about the tenets of of uh, evolution being false and you know what i'm going to start doing is uh looking at art some articles and uh, you know we start with the word of god here as the starting point for life the starting point for um, things that uh, um, have meaning, 
things that have uh, purpose, things that have the idea that, that there is some objective truth in the universe, there's objective truth in uh, what goes on in this world and you know we were created by a holy God by a God who is set apart by a God who's been alive forever which I have a hard time understanding but that's what he says in his word and uh, if I do believe that he's the one that created us why wouldn't I believe that and so uh, you know science so called uh, says that we had this big bang, you know, billions of years ago, and everything came from nothing at some point somewhere. And I just I look at that and I'm like, so you have faith in that because you can't prove that that's the case scientifically. You can talk about what you think, uh, you know, but you don't have the evidence to back that up. Why? Because you couldn't go observe it. All you can do is project that based on certain things that you see today and then make a whole bunch of assumptions. So you're doing the same thing. But like, like I've said, at least on our side, we've got eyewitness accounts. There was a, a couple people, a guy named Adam and a gal named Eve, that walked and talked with God when he created everything. And being our first humans... Uh, we're there and we're able to pass these things down. And so, you know, there's, I don't think there's any reason for us to doubt that. You know, that's, that's what I've chosen to put my faith in. And I think it makes, the more I learn about God and the more I learn about uh, science, really, the more I trust in that. Because the science hasn't disproven the Bible one bit. You know, they're trying, they're trying as hard as they can. Bird pelvis doesn't come from a dinosaur. Many people believe dinosaurs evolved in today's birds. Vertebrae embryo development has mistakenly been used as evidence for evolution. A recent study claimed a bird embryo goes through a dinosaur stage in which its hip bone looks like a dinosaur pelvis. Dinosaurs, like birds, are irreducibly complex creatures. God created them as their own separate kinds from the beginning, which was on day five, and dinosaurs and dinosaurs uh, well, the kind of animal that he created on day six would now be labeled a dinosaur. That term hasn't been around for long. That's an article out of ICR's magazine called Acts and Facts, which is uh, back to Genesis by Dr. Frank Sherwin. Uh, the Honorable Dr. Sherwin. And, you know, there's plenty of evidence out there for uh, creation and plenty of evidence against the idea of evolution. You just don't ever hear it in the public sphere because people are too afraid. People are too afraid of the establishment, collegiate institutions. I mean, you look at just intelligent design. The Just the idea is such a threat to evolution that they can't allow it into the classroom. I know there was a movie done 20 or so years ago um, 
Ben Stein, I believe, uh, talked about this and how, you know, if guys even brought up the idea of intelligent design, they were shunned and they were put out. And you see that going on in, in this idea called cancel culture today in our society, where if somebody has an idea that doesn't go along with the establishment, with the uh, government so-called, or with um, the people actually behind uh, I think about it like the Wizard of Oz. You've got these people behind the curtain pulling all these labors and things and making it look like something. And in reality, it's nothing like that. And at the end of the day, though, we have a God who is above and beyond all of it. And so no matter what these people do, I don't care how many $30 million mansions Nancy Pelosi gets to buy with what's left of her life. Um... The fact that she truly didn't serve people and served herself um, in the process is really uh, going to end badly, I think, for her. And, and makes me sad. But, you know, God has called us to a life of service. He's called us to a life of um, serving others, taking care of our own, um, in the case of men, I believe. But... Um, serving others is is what we're to be about in this life and so um, let's let's go to the word of god and welcome to 2023 by the way it's funny my wife and i were talking about this last night and what what is this but it's it's another day you know it's a new year it's kind of a new beginning you get that but in reality it's just another day so um it's, there's nothing special about New Year's Day, just that it starts the next number on the calendar. So here we go, 2023. Exodus chapter 12 is where we're at today. While the Israelites were still in the land of Egypt, the Lord gave the following instructions to Moses and Aaron. From now on, this month will be the first month of the year for you. Announce to the whole community of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, each family must choose a lamb or a young goat for a sacrifice, one animal for each household. The family is too small to eat a whole animal. Let them share with another family in the neighborhood. Divide the animal according to the size of each family and how much they can eat. The animal you select must be a one-year male, one-year-old male, either a sheep or a goat with no defects. Take special care of this chosen animal until the evening of the 14th day of the first month when the whole assembly of the community of Israel must slaughter their lamb or young goat at twilight. They are to take some of the blood and smear it on the sides of the top of the door frames of the houses where they eat the animal. That same night they must roast the meat over a fire and eat it along with bitter salad greens and bread made without yeast. Do not eat any of the meat raw or boiled in water. The whole animal including the head legs Internal organs must be roasted over a fire. Do not leave any of it until the next morning. Burn whatever is not eaten before morning. These are your instructions for eating this meal. Be fully dressed. Wear your sandals and carry your walking stick in your hand. Eat the meal with urgency, for this is the Lord's Passover. On that night I will pass through the land of Egypt and strike down every firstborn son of the firstborn male animal in the land of Egypt. I will execute judgment against the gods of Egypt, for I am the Lord. So ultimately that's why... He took Egypt out. They were worshiping false gods, which seems to be a theme among people. Uh, 
they get led astray by the evil one, I believe. But the blood on your doorpost will serve as a sign, marking your houses where you are staying. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. This plague of death will not touch you when I strike the land of Egypt. This is the day to remember each year from generation to generation. You must celebrate it as a special festival to the Lord. This is a law for all time. For seven days, the bread you must eat be made without yeast. On the first day of the festival, move, remove every trace of the yeast from your homes. Anyone who eats bread made with yeast during the seven days of the festival will be cut off from the community of Israel. On the first day of the festival and again on the seventh day, all the people must observe the official day for holy assembly. No work of any kind may be done on these days except the preparation of food. Celebrate this festival of unleavened bread, for it will remind you that I brought your forces out of the land of Egypt. On this very day, this festival will be a permanent law for you. Celebrate this day from generation to generation. The bread you eat must be made without yeast from the evening of the 14th day to the first month until the evening of the 21st day of that month. During those seven days, there must be no trace of yeast in your homes. Anyone who eats anything made with yeast during the week will be cut off from the community of Israel. These regulations apply both to the foreigners among you and to the native-born Israelites. During those days, you must not eat anything made with yeast. Wherever you live, eat only bread you made without yeast. When Moses called all the elders of Israel together and said to them, Go pick out a lamb or a young goat for each of your families and slaughter the Passover animal, drain the blood into a basin and take the bundle of hyssop branches and dip into the blood, brush the hyssop across the top and sides of the door frames of your houses, and no one may go out through the door until morning. For the Lord will pass through the land and strike down the Egyptians. But when he sees the blood on the top of the sides of the door frame, the Lord will pass over your home. He will not permit his death angel to enter your house and strike you down. Remember, these instructions are a permanent law that you and your descendants must observe forever. When you enter the land the Lord has promised to give you, you will continue to observe this ceremony. Then your children will ask, what does this ceremony mean? And you will reply, it is the Passover sacrifice of the Lord, for he has passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt. And though he struck the Egyptians, he spared our families. When Moses had finished speaking, all the people bowed down and ground and worshipped. Mm. So the people of Israel did just as the Lord had commanded through Moses and Aaron. And that night at midnight, the Lord struck down all the firstborn sons in the land of Egypt from the firstborn son of Pharaoh, who sat in his throne to the firstborn son of the prisoner in the judging dungeon. Even the firstborn of the livestock were killed. Pharaoh and all his officials and all the people of Egypt awoke during the night to loud wailing and was heard through the land of Egypt. There was not a single house where someone had not died. Pharaoh sent Moses and Aaron during the night. Get out, he ordered. Leave my people and take the rest of the Israelites with you. Go and worship the Lord as you have requested. Take your flocks and herds as you said and be gone. Go, but bless me as you leave. And the Egyptians urged the people of Israel to get out of the land as quickly as possible, for they thought, we will all die. The Israelites took their bread dough before the yeast was added. They wrapped their kneading boards and their cloaks and carried them on their shoulders. And the people of Israel did as Moses had instructed, and they asked the Egyptians for clothing and articles of silver and gold, and the Lord caused the Egyptians to look favorably on the Israelites, and they gave the Israelites whatever they asked for. So they stripped the Egyptians of their wealth. That night, the people of Israel left Ramses and started for Succoth, and there were about 600,000 men, plus the women and children. A rabble of Israelites went with them, along with great flocks and herds of livestock. For bread, they baked flat cakes 
from dough with yeast they had brought from Egypt and was made without yeast because people were driven out of Egypt in such a hurry that they had no time to prepare bread for or other food. The people of Israel had lived in Egypt for 430 years. In fact, it was on the yeast on the last day of the 430th year that all the Lord's forces left the land. Now think about that. They started with, what, 70-some people when they moved into Egypt and they're leaving with almost uh, 2 million, as I've heard one or two estimates. On this night, the Lord kept his promise, and that's after 430 years, kept his promise to bring his people out of the land of Egypt. So this night belongs to him, and it must be commemorated every year by the Israelites from generation to generation. Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, These are the instructions for the festival of Passover. No outsiders are allowed to eat the Passover meal. But any slave who has been purchased may eat it. If he has been circumcised, temporary residents and hired servants may not eat it. Each Passover lamb must be eaten in one house. Do not carry any of its meat outside and do not break any of its bones. The whole community of Israel must celebrate this Passover festival. If there are foreigners living among you who want to celebrate the Lord's Passover, let all their males be circumcised. Only men may celebrate the Passover with you like any native-born Israelite, but no uncircumcised male may ever eat the Passover meal. This instruction applies to everyone, whether a native-born Israelite or a foreigner living among you. So all the people of Israel followed all the Lord's commandments to Moses and Aaron. On that very day, the Lord brought the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt like an army. And so here they go. They are on a mission um, to find their own land. And what a beautiful thing that is. Lord God Almighty, thank you for bringing Israel out of the land of Egypt. Thank you for uh, bringing us out from under the yoke of sin, those of us who are Gentiles. And uh, we thank you so much for our Lord Jesus Christ and what he did for us. And we thank you for what you did for the people of Israel um, to bring them out of the land of Egypt when you did as an example of what would come someday through Christ. So thank you for a new year, Lord. I pray that you bless this year, that you turn hearts and minds back to you in this country of the United States. And help people see um, the truth and your objective uh, creation, Lord. And not to uh, be deceived. In Jesus' name, thank you. You can reach us at ehud at itsareligion.org. That's ehud at itsareligion.org. And we'll catch you tomorrow. Thank you, Lord, for the small things Like me and her on a porch swing For summer nights and fireflies And the sound of my old six-string Blessings on blessings on blessings on blessings If I still got breath in these lungs Then that's all I need to get down on my knees And be thankful for all that he's done